the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome once again to Church of the Week. This is a program where we spotlight a different church every week, and it is my great pleasure to be your host. My name is Marcus Burgos, and I wanted to share with you a little uh, a thought. Uh, in John chapter 9, uh, Jesus is asked a very peculiar question about a man that was born blind, and, and the disciples ask him, hey, who's, whose fault was it? Was it his parents' fault? Was it his fault? And I asked myself, man, how bad must, have a, must a child have been to been born blind? And, uh, you know, what sin would he have committed? Uh, how bad was he in the womb? But Jesus comes back with such a great answer. I love his answer. And he says, it's not about his parents. It's not about him. It's this would happen so that, so that God would be glorified, that there would be a moment where God's name would be lifted high. And I want to encourage you today. As you're listening to the program, and I don't know what it is you may be going through, but don't blame yourself. Don't, don't, don't take all the burden of this on you. You know what? We need to be looking for opportunities for God to be glorified in your life. And if it gets darker, if it gets harder, then it's a, it's a real opportunity for God to be glorified in your life. So don't quit. Don't give up. Just keep on going. And so that's, that's what I wanted to tell you today. And I want to welcome another local pastor. You know, I say this every week. I, I love the, the, the traveling evangelists. I, I love the national speakers. We air them here on our radio station on AM 630, The Word. And uh, we love them. We love the, they, they travel all over the world and they pray and, and they preach and we go and we see them in the arenas. But there's something special in my heart. And there's something here that we, that we appreciate here at AM 630. We appreciate the local men and women that minister and stay. They preach and they stay. And when we call, you answer. And, and we may even bump into you at HEB, at the supermarket, or wherever, wherever we go. And uh, there's something good about that because I know that we can, we can call our pastors and our pastors answer, and when our babies are sick and when we're going through difficulty, we usually don't call the national preacher. We usually call the, the local people. And there's something excellent about that. And, and I hope my whole point for this program is to, is to share some love for the local pastors and to be able to put the local pastor and the local ministry on the spotlight. And so today I am honored to be to share the studio uh, with Pastor Brian Debold. He is the senior pastor of Crossroads Church. Pastor Brian, thank you for coming out today. 
You're welcome. Thank you. You know, thinking about what you said about John 9 and uh, that it's an opportunity to glorify God, that's my prayer for for this opportunity is just that it's a chance to glorify God for uh, what God is doing at our church and to be able to share that with you and your listeners. So thank Amen. You. Yeah. Amen. That's what that's what we are called called to do to be a witness are we not Amen. you know go ye and 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 be a witness and let them know what you have seen let them know what god has done in your life i tell people i tell people uh they tell me that i don't i don't know how to preach i don't I, what do you mean i need to share the gospel i'm i haven't memorized the entire bible yet i'm not ready it says you don't have to do all that all you have to all you have to do is share what god has done in you so if God has healed you, tell someone. God healed you. If God restored your marriage, then tell someone and encourage their faith uh, about what they're going through because surely someone needs to hear. That's why I love uh, where we're at right now. Yeah. You know, you have, you pastor, you have a word, you have a sermon, you have a message that God has put in your heart. And what we have at AM630, the word, we have a bunch of these things. It's called a microphone. Yes, sir. You know, and so I love to put a microphone in front of someone that has something to say, yeah, yeah. you know? And so I want to, I want to hear today, pastor, what you have to say. So tell me, tell me a little bit. I, I, I'm, I'm learning a little bit about you. We, we met just a few minutes ago. And so you're not from around here. You're not from these parts. No, so I was born in Iowa. I know people picture cornfields and, yes. and soybeans and pigs when, when you say that, or they think it's Idaho and potatoes. They get <laughs> that mixed up a lot. Uh, but I grew up in a, a town of about 28,000, Ottumwa, Iowa. Um, uh, went to um, college in, in Iowa, met my wife there, um, and then eventually from there moved to Pittsburgh, uh, where I went to seminary, spent about 12 years there. And then now just a year here in San Antonio. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Honorary Texan now. You're going too fast. Too fast. You're going too fast for me. We 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 at Church of the Week we like to we like to chew on some things for a little bit. And so you you just ran through your whole life in in forty seconds. And so uh, what what was that? So are you a pastor's kid? Not not too many people choose pastoring or ministry as a as where you're going to how you're going to uh how you're going to live your your career are you a pk that you had that or or were you what was your upbringing like when it comes to your relationship with god yeah so my dad's a, was an agricultural engineer at john deere john deere's a big employer in iowa my mom uh, has done a lot with music throughout her career um, so not a PK, but did grow up uh, attending a church, very active in the church, um, living out our faith together. Um, I think one of the influences in my family was my grandfather, mm. uh, Charles Diebold. Um, he'd been a soil conservationist for the U.S. government. And then when he retired, um, bought a farm in outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then started doing mission work around the world. And so he went to places like Pakistan and Thailand and, um, and to Mexico and eventually started two organizations working in rural parts of Mexico, um, doing things like sustainable agriculture, clean drinking water, and supporting the local churches there. Um, and so I had that early example as a kid of uh, if you've got faith you should be living it out. It mm. should be impacting what you do with your life. And so I, I saw this example of a man that um, 
I grew up revering and what he had done, and so wanted to be like him. Um, thought for a while maybe that was missionary work. Um, God had other ideas um, and led me more towards pastoral ministry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, always a part of the church, always um, loving the church, uh, warts and all. Um, <laughs> but as a little kid, um, I remember deciding that the best thing I could do with my life was to serve God by serving other people. Um, there was a time when I was maybe first or second grade, and my sisters and I were watching TV. I have two older sisters, and um, there was a nun on TV, and, and I asked my oldest sister, Beth, Beth, what's a nun? And she said, it's somebody who devotes their life to God. I thought, okay, and so I filed that little nugget away. <laughs> well, that Sunday in church, the pastor had a, a children's message where he'd call the children up to sit on the front step, and, and he asked us, what do you want to be when you grow up? I shot up my hand, and I said, either an astronaut or a nun. nun. (laughs) The whole church started laughing. And, you know, I was always trying to get the church to laugh with my answers. I was always cutting up, but that was the one time I was being genuine. (laughs) So astronaut or nun, I'm figuring it out still, but God has me in pastoral ministry now. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. (laughs) Shoot for the moon, right? That's a great story. Yeah. That's a great story. You wanted to be a nun. When you were, <laughs> when you go, when I grew up, I want to be a nun. That's that's excellent. And so your grandfather had a a big impact yes. in your life. Mm-hmm. You grew up around church, not not a PK, but very close and yes. and active in it. Active enough to after high school, you went into to study. Yeah, and and you followed that that desire. Yeah. So I thought for a while I would study something that was not church related Mm -hmm. so that I could be a well-rounded individual but I found that the only classes I really was excited about were my religious studies classes and at at a public university that was um, religions of the world so studying Islam and Buddhism and Hindu traditions and that sort of thing and um, I went into that assuming that I would take those classes to figure out what's wrong with these other religions right so I could feel better about myself and why I'm a Christian. And what I found is I took those classes and there was a lot that appealed about them. There were beautiful things and and wisdom in them. And it forced me to ask, well, why am I a Christian? Is it Mm. just because I uh, won the lottery of being raised by a Christian family that attended a Christian church? Um, Or do I really believe this stuff and why? And it was a real crisis of faith. Um, And I remember that it came down to the core of it all at the rock bottom that is, I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus because I've been called to follow Jesus, Mm. that Jesus has placed that call on me. And so I don't have to have all the answers. I I don't have to um, prove what the answers are between one religion or the other. I, I can simply look for Christ anywhere and everywhere in the world and all I know is I've been called to follow, and so that's what I do. Wow, that's so a that's a very mature statement right there, uh, where you're where you're saying I don't have all the answers. Yeah. Coming to that realization, yeah. dealing with it and yeah. owning it. Yeah. You know, uh, I think a lot of a lot of preachers and pastors and leaders in ministry feel that pressure. Yeah, to have to be all things to all people all the time and have all the answers to all the questions 
and uh you know that that yeah. to me sounds very close to a messiah complex yeah and uh which you we know, put on ourselves sometimes exactly so, yeah. we 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 do that to ourselves and so people fall in line yeah you know you're if you're the leader of the ministry they fall in line and say well you know you're gonna have to fix my marriage yeah. and you're gonna have to <laughs> you know help me with these crazy kids i have you know and so uh, i i don't i don't i don't necessarily agree i think god is our god yeah. You know, Jesus said it in the prayer, our father, you know, he's not just my father and I have to tell you what to do. He is our father. And so I think I think that's a great that's a great statement. And that that demands and that leads people into maturity as well, because yeah. pastor doesn't have all the answers. You know what? I need to pray for my own marriage. I need to pray for my own children and my own situation. I think that's I think that's great that that promotes discipleship and maturity. Part of what it did was um, it provided a a rock for me in mm-hmm. my faith. You know, Jesus says, "Build your house on the rock," and um, for me, knowing that my faith is built on the foundation of call that Jesus has placed a call in my life that I belong to Him means that you know when the waves come, when the struggles in ministry come, or in family life, or just the doubts that are there. Um, that it's not about me. It's not about what I've figured out or what I can prove. It's about what Jesus has claimed in my life. It's about his call. And, and so that's a, an unshakable foundation, mm-hmm. and that's been able to give me um, the boldness that, that you need in ministry and just in life as a Christian, as a disciple of Jesus, to, to say this is who I am and where I stand and, and am secure there. And so... Um, even though it shook my faith at the time, it's what grounded my faith yeah. and has enabled me to get through those trials. So that's been a true blessing. Faith can survive the storm. Yeah. Faith can survive the crisis. And sometimes we want to avoid the crisis, but we need to face it and take it head on and survive and be better because of it. You know, and so, come out different because of it, yes. you know, to leave the shipwreck behind and go to solid ground so that you're not just stuck with, I believe it because that's what I was taught in Sunday school, or I guess I believe it because that's right. what I was taught in Sunday school, but to actually say, I encounter God here, mm. and I encounter truth here. And so, you know, sometimes we need those shipwrecks to force us to go to solid ground in our faith. Yeah to that mature faith. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great testimony. Yeah. Great testimony. Now, you, you studied, where, where did you meet your wife when along in this, in this picture? Where did that happen? Yeah, so that's a story, too. It was at, at University of Iowa. It was actually the Sunday before classes started our freshman year, and uh, my buddy and I decided to go to the church that was right next to our dorms, and the service started, and in walks this girl, and there is only one seat left in the whole place. Um, and it happened to be next to me. And so she sat down, and there weren't enough bulletins. And so I shared mine and was trying to sing real pretty to impress her. And uh, I knew that this girl was different because she was paying attention to me and not my buddy next to me. He yeah. was the one that people usually paid attention to. And uh, so, you know, we started talking. Uh, what what she told me much later that I didn't know at the time was that that was her first time in a church in seven years. And she only went because as they were driving by, uh, as her parents were dropping her off at the dorm, her mother just made the offhand comment that she should go to church there. And so, um, 
it, we were talking, getting to know each other, and my buddy told me to play it cool. So uh, we found out we had some classes in common. I figured I'd see her again, left it at that. Well, we had the same class at the same time, but it's a big university. And right. so what I didn't know was that um, they were two different professors in different lecture halls. And so I didn't see her there and went back to the same church again thinking she'd be there. She wasn't. Oh, no. And uh, tried to find her in the online directory the university had. What I didn't know is they'd messed up her, her information, so she wasn't in there. I couldn't find her. And... Uh, all my friends called her church girl, and the only the only reason they believed me was because my buddy had been a witness, and uh, you know, so I was constantly on the lookout for her. I didn't find her for two months. It was wow. uh, uh, one day I decided I need to take a leap of faith, so I got up out of my dorm and went for a walk around campus with the sole purpose of finding Kim, and I didn't find her, and I walked back dejected, and. I don't know what was different about this prayer, but asked God to help me to find her. Mm-hmm. So I go back, and I'm sitting on the computer, and this is in the days of AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah. It's amazing how much time changes. And <laughs> you have mail. Yeah. <laughs> so I was talking to a friend of mine who I'd gone to high school with and just asked, hey, do you know a Kim Carter? And she said, yeah, she had two classes with her. And so I got the number through her and called her up, and uh, the rest is history. Awesome. That is a really good story. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, again, at the foundation of of our marriage um, is that it's a gift from God to me Mm -hmm. and and hopefully to her that that this was something that God provided and— you know, so I, I never forget that in our Wow, marriage. that is a great story. Yeah. Now, from from graduating college yeah. to becoming uh, employed or full time in ministry, mm-hmm. where you 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 stayed in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. or you went back to Pittsburgh and you were you were in ministry there uh, in cold Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pittsburgh's pretty moderate, actually. It's just the San Antonio people that it's cold. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so we lived there for 12 years, went to Pittsburgh Theological Seminary there, and um, after graduating, um, I was looking all over the country at uh, where God was going to call me to serve as a a pastor, and it just so happened that the church God called us to was a 15-minute drive from our house. Wow. And uh, so I served at the Verona Presbyterian Church for um, eight years and um, couldn't have asked for a better congregation to serve with, just loving, faithful people who really cared about their yeah. community and learned, learned a lot from them. And they were pretty patient with their kid pastor at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and so now we fast forward yes, twelve, some 12 years, mm-hmm. and, and you end up in San Antonio, mm-hmm. uh, one of the better cities of all the United States. <laughs> Can I hear an amen? Yes, sir. <laughs> and and now, now you're, you're at Crossroads Church. Tell me a little bit about Crossroads here in San Antonio. Yeah, so Crossroads Church is located in Wincrest, uh, which is northeast San Antonio. We're on the corner of uh, Walsham and Midcrown across from uh, CVS, just down the street from Walmart. Um, 
at Crossroads, we believe that lives are changed forever when they experience the unconditional love of God. Mm. And, and so that's what it's all about for us is that allowing people to experience that unconditional love and then building relationships with each other, with God, with our world, growing together in our faith. Uh, it's a mid-sized congregation um, full of faithful, wonderful people who who love God and love each other well. Um, so it, it's a good place to be, a, a place that um, where God is, is doing some big things, and uh, it's it's been a real good fit to be here for a year. I've, I've been here just long enough that I no longer have the excuse of being the new guy, so <laughs> I've got to man up a little bit, but yeah. uh, it, it's, been, it's been real good. Um, Man, I'm happy. Uh, I've I've been pastoring like I told you a minute ago. I've I've been pastoring as a senior pastor just for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, we're neighbors. Yeah, and we happen to be neighbors. I'm on the other side of 35. And uh, so, tell me, what is how is service on Sunday when I walk into church uh, to Crossroads? Uh, is do I is it do I have to dress a certain way? No, uh, no. Is it a, you know, as long as you're dressed, be appreciate, All appreciate, right. if appreciate you're the clothing. Way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, just show up. We have two services. One's at nine. The other's at 11. The The first service is a more traditional service, organ and, and choir and liturgy, that sort of thing. The second one's more contemporary, a praise team. Uh, a little more informal. Um, but, you know, it doesn't matter what you wear. Uh, we have people who show up in jeans or shorts, uh, other people who dress up. And, and you know, it, it's not about that. It's about that encounter with God. Um, the first thing you'll notice if you show up is you'll be welcomed. Um, yeah. Man, this congregation, they are so good at loving each other. Um, one of the things that has uh, that I've enjoyed about Crossroads is the people like to spend time together. Yeah. And that's kind of a rare thing I find. And, uh, but, but it's not um, the kind of thing where it excludes people. You know, some churches, the people like each other so much they don't want new people to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it gets this, clicky. Yeah, this congregation really has a gift of hospitality, of, of making people feel welcome. We often hear uh, first-time visitors say that it feels like coming home. Mm. And it feels good to hear that because that's exactly what it should be, that, that experience of, of coming home, uh, to being part of God's family, to experiencing God, to have a place where you can experience your purpose and serve. So you'll be welcomed. Uh, we always have lots of good food and coffee. Uh, we have some dedicated servants who make sure that uh, there's food just about everywhere you turn around the campus, uh, yeah. just as part of making you feel like you're comfortable in somebody's living room. Um our worship services, whether it's the traditional or contemporary, really it's the boldness of proclaiming the hope we have in Jesus. Yes. Um, we have amazing music ministry, choir, and praise team who um, sing because they love God, yeah. and, and that shows, and it's contagious. And we have a congregation that's that's willing to be led, that's that's open to that Holy Spirit. And, and so um, you'll experience... Um, that welcoming, that that homecoming, and um, you'll hear the good news because hmm. that's what we proclaim. That's what we believe, good. and you know that's it's about changing lives, and that's what we share. Let me ask you a question: yeah. We've walked in with uh, walk into church with young children. Yeah, is is that is that okay? Is it is there something for no them? kids allowed? No actually. kids allowed. It's a grown up oh, church man. only. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we love kids. Uh, we're a church for all ages. Um, of course, there's nursery care available, but a lot of our families keep their kids in through the whole service, and we actually believe um, that 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 there's something powerful in mm-hmm. that. Um, that 
uh, the church is meant to be intergenerational. It's meant to be all ages together. And the way that um, you grow in faith is by catching it, by being exposed that's to right. it. Even if you don't understand everything that's happening as a little kid, um, you see adults um, giving their hearts to it. And so um, we love to have children be there. You know, um, And if, if the baby's crying, then that baby is probably preaching a better sermon mm-hmm. than me because <laughs> that baby is preaching that this young family made it to worship because of the importance of being there to, yes. to experience worship in God and that they want their children there. And so that, that itself is the sermon, and that's just fine. We, we love that joyful noise. Um, my own kids uh, are often up front dancing during the songs, and, uh, and, and that's just fine. We, we love kids to, to be themselves. And uh, we, not just the, the young in age, but the, the young in heart, yeah. all, all of our congregation, uh, we really encourage that young at heart attitude of uh, Jesus invited us to enter into the kingdom of heaven as, as little children. And so and we encourage that attitude of being young at heart, of uh, joyful expression, of um, not taking ourselves yeah. too seriously, yeah. uh, having fun together. I think there's something so – I think it's awesome for a child to learn how to worship yeah. from their parents. Yes. You know, that they would see mom and dad. And I've seen that so many times, and I, I just have made note of when dad is standing there with his hands crossed and and not participating in mm-hmm. worship, and then Junior is there doing the same thing. But when dad engages in yeah. worship, Junior yeah. does the same thing. We have about a minute left. Uh, Pastor, won't you invite San Antonio to church on Sunday? Man, y'all come. See, I've become a, a Southerner. Y'all come. We we will welcome you and love you. And most of all, we're going to proclaim the good news that Jesus has come to this earth to share the love of the Father. And that love is for you. And you are welcome, not just to our church, but you are welcome into the throne room of God, God's self, where you will experience that love and forgiveness and mercy. I love giving away what's not mine. And that's the joy of ministry It's just giving away the free grace and mercy and love of God, uh, knowing that no matter how much I give away, there's more of it to share. And so that's what we want to do at Crossroads. We encourage you to come, uh, invite uh, your friends, come with your family, and see for yourself what God is doing. Uh, We are sharing what God has given us, and so uh, we'd love to have you come. Well, thank you, Pastor Brian. Uh, this is Church of the Week. I am your host, Marcus Burgos, on AM 630 The Word. If you want to learn more about Crossroads, you can find them. Crossroadsofsa.church is their website, and you can find them there. God bless you, San Antonio. Thank you for listening today. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.